0: Hi and welcome to the Boat Princess Podcast. My name is Nikki Vo and I'm your host. I am a boat owner, a marina owner, a director on the Marina Industries Association and a huge advocate for boating. In this series, I'm sharing the stories from every nook of the boating industry with the intention of encouraging more women to join me and for more women to get behind the helm too. I want to share the experience and opportunities of boating, of the boating industry And I want you to join me as I bring the conversations and answer all the questions you've had. Boating is not just for the glamorous and rich and famous. It's full of beautiful and interesting people making the most of our natural environment and getting out there, enjoying the waterways. So let's set off the lines, take over the helm and escape to the world of boating. Boating. So everyone welcome to another episode of the Boat Princess podcast. I am here with a lovely lady Leslie Robinson who is CEO of a British Marine and she's got quite a career behind her which we're going to explore today and she's a, another woman that has pushed through that supposedly glass ceiling and achieved the position that she has so I'm really looking forward to having a chat with her about that. Welcome Leslie. Thank you, I'm delighted to be here. (laughs) So um, you are the CEO of British Marine. Can you explain to me what British Marine is? Of course. So we
1: are the trade organisation that look after the leisure marine industry in the UK and that's about at the moment 1,500 members and our membership is broad. It's everybody from the OEMs to the supply chain to marinas to charliners to an, a long tail of SMEs actually as well, and we represent their interest, interests, but also we run events to help with business growth, so we also run the UK's uh, showcase boat show, the Southampton International Boat Show every year as well.
0: And I believe you've got a new one, haven't you? A luxury London show too. We do,
1: yes, you're absolutely right. So uh, we've been talking to St Catherine's Dock, which um, is sort of very central London, for a couple of years, but of course, like everybody else, got slightly diverted by the pandemic. Um, And the idea of the London Luxury Afloat this year, which is towards the end of April, small show, deliberately 30, 35 boats, um, and aimed at a certain segment of the market, If you like the sort of the the high end yachts in our terminology or or motorboats um, and design because, of course, driving uh, sales there at the beginning of the the season helps everybody's supply chain and so forth. So absolutely. It's very exciting, actually.
0: Yeah, that's very cool. And I see some thinker there, Oyster there. Yes,
1: uh, we've got the world launch of the 495 Oyster uh, yes, you're right. Oyster Sunseeker, Azimut, and a number of others. Yep. Yeah, it's great to see. Mm-hmm. Yes, to see. That's fantastic. And
0: Fairline too. Yes, that's right. On Friday. Yeah, so, yeah, that's awesome. So, um, can you you mentioned a, a term there which mm-hmm. um, some of our listeners may not understand what yeah. that is, and that's SMEs. Can you explain what an yep. SME is? Yeah. So, um,
1: so to give, so an SME is a small, um, small, or medium-sized enterprise. Um, And we term that, there's different definitions, but sort of sub-50 employees in our terminology. And we have what I call a long tail, but a very important tail of British Marine members who are SMEs of all sorts of shapes and sizes.
0: And so because they are a smaller operation, you Mm -hmm. kind of give them... Um, some some help in the marine industry That's right? That's right
1: so you can imagine
0: and we have
1: so we have different levels of membership package but we very deliberately have a very cost effective digital one so that if you're a startup um, or a small company you can get involved that way it's it's um, in UK terms can't do it in Aussie dollars sorry it's about <laughs> 250 pounds a year you right. know, so it's it's very affordable for the SME, but we help them with with all sorts of things, the right sort of contracts, the right representation, uh, and so forth. So, um, and it's pretty digital and very easy access, as opposed to when you get further up our fee chain, that's much more about if you imagine a big um, boat manufacturer. They really need access to our technical team on all sorts of different and complicated things where they want phone advice, individual advice. And obviously they pay for that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have different membership structures then. We there? do, we yeah. do. Yeah. How does so that work? We base um,
1: our fee structure, and there's nothing perfect here. We base our fee structure on membership uh, marine turnover. Yep. Um, and then there are different brackets depending on where that puts you in and that entitles you to different levels of membership. Think a sort of a Sky package where you add things on. Uh, and that's how it works our end
0: okay that's great so I think you were instrumental in creating that new membership style well I
1: think yes so when I got involved in British Marine which is three and a half years ago um, and I came in to help at that point, it was a sort of a little little bit lost its direction yep. um, and it needed a sort of a bit of strategic thinking as to what we were trying to achieve for members and work out what members wanted. Part of that was to sort out the uh, membership packages because I think from memory there were 63 different pricing equations, oh. for example. <laughs> My team didn't understand it, let alone uh, members at the time. So we've sorted it out, for want of better phrase, into five sort of handy buckets where people now understand what they get for what they pay. And of course, it's not it's not about the cost, it's about the value that you're delivering for members.
0: Yes. Yeah, which is great. And yeah. um, and it's giving that those smaller companies a, a sort of well, bigger giving, feel. It is. It?
1: And, what, and what we find, actually, people come in on that entry package, yeah. but then they soon work out that actually they quite like a bit of access to our our training team in particular or our technical team. And they're quite happy then because as they move up the ladder to sort of move to the next level, which affords them access to that. Yeah. And that helps them develop their businesses, which is the whole point of what we're here for yeah absolutely and you help them in the marketing space as well yes we do yeah um and that's in all sorts of ways so for example we run a we do it at the minute it's two weekly and um, e- e- we do e-shots we do a two-weekly newsletter and we will feature member products in that for example particularly if there's something innovative or new to the market around sustainability and so forth but um we have a very large marketing database with the Southampton International Boat Show, as you can imagine. Yeah. And that's direct to consumers, so there's also all sorts of opportunities there
0: as well. Yeah. Now, I remember going, as a child, going to Southampton Boat Show, because I was yeah. um, I, I'm born in the UK. Yep. So, yep. Um, and I remember with my dad going to Southampton Boat Show, and something you do differently mm. in the UK to what we do in Australia, mm. is you have, um, and I'm assuming you still do it, you have yachts on the land, Yes. On display. Yep. Uh, whereas we only tend to have yachts in the water, mm-hmm. or we have little trailer boats out yep. on the land. So, um, tell me about the the logistics of creating a show like that. Well, just to, I will, but just to, to paint the picture
1: first. So, Southampton, for those that don't know, it doesn't actually have a marina. So every year we build uh, Europe's largest marina uh, to accommodate the show. And very roughly, on a sort of a normal year, we put about 350 boats in the water. Wow. But exhibitors have a choice. They can also put boats on land. So uh, last year, we did manage to run a show in September 21, despite COVID. And as you walked through our entrance, which was up in for the first time in up up near the town centre, you walked through there, there was a huge um, Discovery uh, yacht sitting uh, right next to the the wall the old wall, city, the walls of the city yes fantastic boat, boat ah. uh, backdrop and then if you walk further down um you, we, you went into our classic boat display and we have lots of beautiful wooden classic boats yes on land again yep. it's sort of horses for courses as it depends which what exhibits what does want to do yep. and often they'll change between the two yep. sometimes our bigger um Motor manufacturers, Princess and Sunseeker, will have one or two boats on land, but then most of the park in the water. It swings and roundabouts, but you're right, it is different
0: to some of the other shows. Yeah, I, I remember yeah. It distinctly. Yeah, you know? And, and that still yeah. happens today. Yeah, yeah. there yeah, you yeah. go. So how many boats do you have exhibiting at that boat show
1: usually? Well, as I say, it's it's about 350 on the water. And then if you add the other boats in, it gets up to about 500 boats. And then we have a lot of land exhibitors as well in terms of non-boats. Yeah, The um, supply chain, uh, chandleries, marinas, holidays, you name it. Not to mention the odd sort of um, uh, hot tub and a few extra non-marine things as well. This is a show as well as a sort of an expo. And we do a lot in terms of attractions. As well, for visitors, okay. what we love to do is get people on the water. So, one of our ambitions is to get as many people on the water during that 10 days as we can. So, in 2019, which was pre COVID, I think we got about 11,000 people out on the water during the 10 days, and that's a mixture or that's get them out on literally doing a cruise down the Solent yep. on a big boat or getting on a paddleboard or getting on a on a kayak we don't mind we just want people to try it for the first time in a safe sure. environment sure. and actually last year in 21 i think we got that up to nearly fourteen thousand people that's fantastic yeah. despite co- the covid conditions of last yeah. year well, So
0: yeah voting is essentially a covid safe activity isn't it so precisely yeah yeah it is yeah, exactly that's wonderful and i know you have um a women focused something that you do at that show as well can you tell me about that That's right. So,
1: um, you know, I sit here um, running a show uh, and obviously we have Lots and lots of exhibitors at the show. And of course, there are females amongst the staff in the, it, there. So ever since I've been uh, running the show, we've organised what we call a Women in Marine event. And we, t- we tend to do it on a weekday when it's slightly quiet. It's not the busy... Co- it is busy, but it's not as busy as the weekends from a consumer point of view. And it's a bit of a networking. We organise some sort of circa four o'clock when the, the show is quietening down. Um, and we organise a sort of a networking where we... Bring, we invite everybody who's there from yep. a female perspective to come along, grab a drink, mm-hmm. network with their peers because they very rarely get the opportunity to chat, like, chat to people like me, in, females in the yes. industry. Yes. It doesn't really happen. It's a great opportunity to do it. We do tend to get mobbed, which is lovely. I think last year <laughs> we had around 140 women, which was fabulous. <laughs> That's and brilliant. And then we um, have speakers. Yes, um, And they so far, although we might mix it up a bit this year, but so far we've tended to have... Uh, more senior women in the industry just to show that actually there really is it, this is entirely possible to have a career in in our case Leisure Marine yeah. um, and we want to support those women coming through coming through
0: yeah that's great so because like you say I, I, I find um, as a mature woman in the industry it's it's lovely to be that person that you know can provide those opportunities we're actually looking at doing a networking event the actually Cove boat show for the women in the industry well, for that exact yeah, reason i think it's great i mean i think uh, to be honest i think i've sort of got a responsibility too yes. because
1: it is such a uh, it, the industry is can be really diverse the opportunities are there so often we see women get to a certain stage and then perhaps leave and not come back yes um and we want i want to be able to make it really clear that it's it, you know, you can do it it's, it's there's not i don't believe uh, you need support from the top yes but i think with sensible things like some mentoring going on and that sort of thing to make
0: people feel like they can do it i think it's very achievable and i just think we need to make the mar- the marine industry more obvious to women
1: uh, completely you know
0: so, yeah I, I
1: agree with you um so another thing I run at the boat show every year our end is we we celebrate the achievement of print of apprentices who graduate and yep. so this is typically apprentices who come they're doing things like carpentry or boat building or uh, marine and boatyard operatives they've gone through their course and we say come to the boat show we'll have a bit of a a graduation ceremony and a celebration and so forth yep. and I can remember with horror in my first year uh, of actually running um, the event I think there was one female out of maybe 150 wow. uh, and that was just I mean maybe it was a very bad year yes. perhaps but you know that's just not right because no. there's real opportunity, and it really pleases me when I go and visit some of our bigger manufacturers now to see that they're really doing something about that in terms of actually showing, um, you know, guys and well, girls particularly who are at that sort of sixteen, seventeen, wondering what to do stage, that there really is a career here, yes. and actually, if you don't fancy the academic route of uni. Come into an apprenticeship, really structured, great experience, and actually sets you up really well for a career. Through a, a couple of years ago, it, the um, ex MD of Princess yes. was our guest speaker at the apprenticeship uh, graduation. Now that's, admittedly, he's a guy, yeah, but he'd gone all the way from apprentice through to running the big OEM. Fantastic, and you know he yeah. he amongst many others is completely supportive of getting more women into the apprenticeship schemes. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I'm very excited. I'm going to be speaking to um, Alison at Princess Brilliant. Yachts later Good. in the year. Good. Because she does exactly that, doesn't she? She, does. she She looks after all the apprentices in Princess Yachts. And I know their figures have, have gotten better. Oh, I think recently, at the minute, their,
1: their most recent intake is about 30% female. And
0: she's yeah. aiming, I know,
1: at plus 50%. Yeah. They're doing great things down at Princess, actually, yeah. in Plymouth. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: really proud of that brand yeah. for doing what they're doing yeah. for women. It's fantastic. So. Um, the London Luxury Float, that's yeah. not far away now. Is the office sort of really busy with that right now? or? Yes, but compared,
1: you know, 30-odd boats compared to 350, yes. it's 10%. So, yes. Yes, yes, we are, but it's much more manageable. What happens for the boat show with a small team here yes. is that actually it goes excuse me, it goes from being a small events team into everybody gets involved to put the show on every year. Yeah. But that's what makes it great fun, actually. Yeah. So I you know, I have people in, for example, technical, or I have people in my, um, make it sound like a huge staff, I haven't, but um, <laughs> on my membership team who get very involved in putting on the boat show. Yes. Because at the end of the day, m- not all, but many of our exhibitors are our members as well. And it, the whole point of the boat show is to let those guys and
0: girls develop their businesses and showcase what they do best to Joe Public, which is yeah. great. And I'm interested in knowing that 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 particular show you're aiming at a sort of luxury end of the market. Yes. Are you therefore marketing it differently as to how you do something? Yes. How how are you doing that differently?
1: So in a couple of ways. So for that type of high-end show, what the uh, boat manufacturers want really is bluntly each other's customers. Right. And indeed... The right sort of new customer. So think high on high end concierge in London, for example. Uh, so we do things like talk to the concierge in, in the top hotels, that sort of thing. Yeah. Because what they're interested in doing is getting a sort of a their own a mix of customers in. Of so, if we take the examples Oyster, Princess, Sunset, those sorts of guys a pool of customers, because what does happen is people will swap time to time, um, not necessarily so much from sale to motor, but between motor, for example, between sale, yeah. but also in terms of looking for those new customers yeah. are out there who, are, like an outdoor lifestyle, are have the ability to buy that sort of luxury high end. So therefore, our marketing, coming back to the point, is very much focused at places where those people would be or would look so some of the high-end glosses particularly reach them for example it's very different to our Southampton boat show which we very deliberately want to make open to absolutely everybody in fact I've, we've done a lot of work in the last couple of years in terms of working with the community in Southampton yep. because I was horrified to find out that so many particularly in the sort of inner city of Southampton despite the fact that the water is on their doorstep have never been on it so last year for the first time we ran a community day actually at yep. the show Small beginnings. Yes. And we build on it this year to get get more guys down because otherwise they fear it's kind of not for them. It's it's a different point to the women point, but it's still a it's not for us. Mm-hmm. But actually, it mm-hmm. is. But we just need to get people over that fear and the, and the perceived barriers of being involved. Because funny enough, we do have that in voting, don't we? That elitism and yes. that and there so. is a perception. In this city, Southampton, that the boat comes and sort of lands, does its thing and goes again. And great, it generates a, a lot of uh, return for the city. Yeah. But actually, what does what does the individual person in the city get out of it? So we are doing a lot of work with the community now, including women's groups within that, actually.
0: That's great.
1: Yeah, which is nice. Yeah. yeah. So that community day, yeah. what does that involve? Uh, so early days. So last year, um, it involved um, some very um, affordable tickets for the communities yeah. in Southampton encouraging them down and then running a series of events within the show that day so we had some very silly things like cardboard boat race oh, for nice. community groups yeah so you can imagine how far things got on the yeah. platoons but actually it was it was great fun yeah people got involved because they could build their boats yeah try and float them i think the, the, the one that actually won i think stayed afloat for about three minutes but yes. you know, it's things like that yes
0: oh great fun yeah love it, was, it. love it that's really cool so going back into your career a little bit, I'm going to yeah. start. Um, before you are, you were what you are now, and you've been here about almost three years? About? Uh, three and a half now. Three and a half yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. Before yeah. that, for four and a half years, mm. you were with um, a huge marina group, the biggest marina group in the UK, if I'm correct. Yes. MDL marinas. Yeah. Um, so what was your role there? I was MD, managing director. Okay. Yeah. And what did that involve for you? So
1: generally my in my career I've been involved because I quite like doing things differently yes. as, as in doing different things sorry doing th- different things so um and I got attracted to the MDL opportunity because the, the marina a very um well established you say largest at that point largest marina group in Europe very established group uh but it wanted to go from one stage of growth to the next and that's the sort of thing that interested me that sort of challenge yes. so it was about uh coming into it yeah. having a look at it. And, and actually a Marina group is a, it's absolutely around tooth. It's around customer experience yeah. because as you, as you know, today being part of birthing your boat in a marina it's not a car park it's somewhere that you go and you're part of a community yes. and that's what you get out of it yes yep. i noticed
0: that with your, yeah. your ethos because that's yes. very much our ethos yep. with our marinas yeah. too that it's it's a home it's a village it's, it's not
1: completely so yeah. that so and that wasn't the ethos of mdl at that point there you go so um, yeah. we spent quite a lot of time building that to, to great effect because it makes your retention, from a commercial point of view, your retention very good. Of course. Uh, and it's very sticky. Yeah. Um, and, and as we all know, um, obviously retaining a customer is actually much cheaper than acquiring a customer. Uh, but also, it just made it a lovely environment for people to work in as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah. I, mean, I started to do things like recruit people from the hospitality industry. Yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, because I which, always say a marina yeah. is a
0: floating hotel, right? It's... In, in many ways, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah because yeah. it's about
1: customer service and yeah. so forth. Um, so that's what I was doing there. Yeah.
0: yeah. And you came from a completely different industry to that, didn't you? You had never been in the body industry before? Or... Correct, actually. As yeah. I say, I mean,
1: I've got a CV that sort of people, look, a headhunter would look at and think, what the heck? The <laughs> feet, uh, so my background, you're right, is primarily commercial and I've done things, ugh, FMCG, IT, I've done, I looked after a talented literary agency for a while. Yes. As I say, I do, I do things that interest me. Just prior to that, actually, I was actually, was my only foray into uh, public, well, quasi-public sector rather yes. than private and commercial. Yes. And I helped set up something in the UK that's called, what's called the Money Advice Service. Yep. So to help people uh, manage their money, okay. it's now called the Money and Pensions Advice Service. But um, okay. And that was quite interesting. Yeah. Um, and actually, get what it taught me actually was how much collaboration and using the power of partnership really works. Okay. And I brought that back into, for example, what we're doing here now at British Marine. I
0: would say that would be yeah. incredibly useful in this space. It was, it, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it is. Yep. And, and that, when you went into the marine industry yeah. for the first time, yep. how did you, did you notice differences in our industry to having come from another completely different space?
1: I suppose... Uh, being entirely honest there was some of it I thought was and I don't want to be disparaging but it was a it was a little bit behind particularly in customer experience terms back to the point of many other industries yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. I mean not I'm generalizing because I was obviously exposed to a particular marina group and you know they've done great things on that front now yes Um, but we're talking a few years ago now on on this and and yes um, and I do think there is a degree of um, professionalisation generally not just aimed at marinas yes. throughout the leisure marine industry here you know we don't build cars yes. for example or even high end cars but you know our manufacturing has still got quite a lot to learn for example from that sort of thing as well so yeah. there's a whole
0: journey which I think we're on which is quite exciting. Absolutely yeah. 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 and it's interesting how some yachting companies, I mean the princes have done it very well taking on um, Anthony from and McLaren. From McLaren, yes, exactly. That, that was a very yes. good move yep. on their part, exactly. I thought, because it, it brings the technology and the forward thinking yep. of cars into mm-hmm. the boating space. And so, it, that really needs to be done, I think, because the cars are well ahead of us still, yes. I think. Yep, so, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. just the, the little things you notice now on Princess Yachts that he's obviously been involved in implementing, you think, oh, yeah, that's a bit of a car move there. Yep, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's really really good to see yeah so yeah i i I totally agree with you on that and 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 we are moving with the times now and we're getting there but there is a lot of and i think bringing more women into it will actually help the boating industry um give some more change and some more technology and some more innovative ideas into it i was Um, i was quite involved when i was living up in london in a, a group of women
1: involved in the hospitality industry generally yeah and uh, I can't remember who it was it might have been Pwc did a study um and and proved beyond uh, doubt that having women at the right level in in this case the hospitality industry but it's the same point yeah. actually improved bottom line yes and I firmly believe that yes and so that is what we need for our industry as well yeah and it's happening I just
0: want it to happen faster. <laughs> Great little yes. segue there. Yeah. I know you're a qualified accountant as well, aren't you? Yes, I am. Yeah. yeah. So when did you get that? Oh, so I did the classic thing of going, sort of finishing, well, getting to
1: the, towards the end of university and thinking, um, and I was asked to stay on and do a PhD, and I thought, nah, I really want some to earn some money, and it was the classic. Well, my dad was an accountant, and he said, well, if you're not sure what you want to do, why don't you go and get an accountancy qualification because that's like a general business qualification. Because I read one history, you could. Do that at this point then back back then you know you didn't have to do something relevant um, and why don't you get get a, a, um, a qualification and then you can decide what you want to do and actually it was really good advice because actually, there's, there's nothing yeah, better than knowing the
0: numbers in any business is well
1: there? A, it gave me that, that skill base but also yeah. it allowed me to look at a whole because I Way you do it here is you become an, an auditor in a, an accounting firm, and it means you're exposed to a whole different types of industry, and you get to see a vast range. And I soon soon worked out, for example, I didn't want to be in oil and gas. For example, other yeah. people do, but not <laughs> for me. Yeah, so it was it was a and it has uh I mean, I, I haven't been a finance director for many years, but you know, is it a
0: great background to have? Yes, it yeah. is. Actually. Well, every CEO to a certain extent needs to be a financial director at the same time, don't they? You need to understand what's driving the business yeah. yeah, and look
1: at the trends and so forth, even for a trade organisation, because what we're about, no, we're not a commercial entity,
0: but we're trying to, and are driving the sort of surpluses that we can reinvest for members in services. Yeah. We almost have to be even more careful, I'm the same at the MIA, BIA in Australia. Yeah we're consciously thinking, well, this is our members' money. It's not yes. It's not our money. No, so we're being really careful with how we're reinvesting it for them clearly. and what benefits they're getting by our... Absolutely. Actions, I mean, that, that's our mantra. If it
1: if it doesn't work for a member, we shouldn't, you know, it has to deliver for a member. Otherwise, we shouldn't be, it shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. 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 Agreed.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Now, you did modern history at yes. Oxford University. Now. Yes. Oxford University, just as an aside, folks, uh, commenced in I think te- is it ten fifty six or something like that. Like yes, that? Yes, it actually, actually started. My time <laughs> oh my goodness, ten ninety six. Ten ninety six. It established itself, and it only has a seventeen percent acceptance rate. So getting mm. into Oxford University is not an easy task by any means. Was it a life goal for you to get into there? Being honest, no, it wasn't. I yeah. came from
1: a state school, which didn't get people into oxford or cambridge university Um, and in those days this is a very long time ago um, we have a levels here and um, you could you we couldn't the school wasn't set up for me to take the oxbridge exams before i did my a levels so i actually had to stay on after my a levels like there were two of us who did it the whole year stayed on for what they call a seventh term to actually take the exams at the end of that seventh term to get in so yeah. it was interesting. Yeah. Um, and at that point, it was, I mean, it's better now, but there were the ratio of women. I think it was uh, there were 10 guys to every girl in Oxford. Uh, having said that, I actually went to a women's, uh, women's college in Oxford. They don't exist now, oh, but there were, wow. I think, two at the time. Yeah. And I went to an all-female college at Oxford,
0: oh, which is interesting.
1: Not that it made any difference to life, <laughs> but technically. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Technically, it was all female. <laughs> and at Oxford, am I right in yeah. saying you, you, you're not allowed to work when you're studying at Oxford? Is that right? Or is
1: um, that... No, it depends what you mean, I think. Um, yeah. So um, did I work in the holidays and you know do bar jobs and the rest of it? You could do that yes. sort of thing, but they yes. weren't particularly keen if you were sort of doing it while you were studying during term time. You're right there. Yeah, ah,
0: yeah. There you go. Yeah. So what do you love most about being in the boating industry?
1: actually although i don't do it nearly
0: often enough speaking personally it's getting out on the water
1: yeah. and being around water yeah. i mean part of the attraction for me taking that mdl marina role was i absolutely love getting out on water um as you know i think i <laughs> i used to be a sailor then i met my husband or husband-to-be keith and i've been together 25 years yeah uh my husband doesn't even like drinking water, let alone getting on it. <laughs> uh, so, sod's law, you know? Yes. <laughs> point. You and there were many other things that we could do together, yes. which we both enjoy. So, it's taken a bit of a back seat. And at some point, I'm looking forward to my retirement, yes. when I should be back out on water properly. Meanwhile, I'm any opportunity I have to leap out on a, on a member's boat or whatever else yeah. I do, uh, if I have more time I would probably now that I live down by the coast actually do something in terms of go out on a sort of a, a weekday night again or yeah. mind you I'd be starting from scratch again at this point yes I'd be a bit rusty to yeah. put it mildly yeah. but in b- meanwhile I stand up paddleboard, which kind of is much easier to do yeah and very accessible and another so way of getting me on out water. The water and gets yeah. me on water so yeah. that's
0: interesting so your love of boating mm.
1: you've
0: not been able to do it on a personal level. Mm. So you've explored a career Mm -hmm. that's allowed to give you that instead.
1: Yes, yes, I have. Yeah, exactly. And it's from my personal point of view, it's very sticky for me in that sense. And hence when like this opportunity at British Marine came up, I thought, "Mm, yeah, it also keeps me around water and boating because I actually genuinely believe that getting anybody into it, you know, it's so good, you know, from a social, from a physical uh, point of view,
0: mental health, you know, it's fantastic. So yeah. why wouldn't you want to encourage people to do it? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, another thing for the women listening mm. is something that everyone would love to aspire to, that you have, mm. which is an OBE. Can you tell us <laughs> about that experience for you? Yes, it's very recent, actually. Um. So the, uh, there are two
1: sets of honours that get given in the UK every year, and mine was actually awarded last June, actually, June 21, in the what's called the Queen's Birthday Honours. I had no absolutely no expectation and no even no thought of this whatsoever yeah and actually what this is seriously true what happened and of course we were in covid COVID times at that point yes i was working from home and one friday night i think it was at about 6 p.m an email popped into my and this was in sort of i think um end of april beginning of may email popped into my inbox my british mean inbox saying yeah. um we would like to consider you for an obe would you please answer all these questions would you be willing to accept it if it was and, and I, I said to my husband, is this spam? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> i do the and same then, thing. I, I, yeah, <laughs> And he looked at it and thought, no, that is probably actually genuine. Um, and you fill in this, and as long as you're happy to be considered because they go through all sorts of checks and things, I think. Of course. And then, so you send it back and then you literally hear nothing else until, yeah. and then they publish, I didn't know this until, uh, they published the results in what's called the London Gazette at midnight on the, I think it was the 12th of June. And oh, there my was goodness. my name for services to legendary. And so, I was hugely honoured. Yeah. It, um it was it was lovely to te- you know, on behalf of my team here, on behalf of the industry as a whole. And actually there was a huge normal there was a huge backlog because of COVID, because what yes. happens is you go to a palace, a Kim, or Windsor whatever, to go and be presented it by yes. a member of royalty. Yeah. Um and I had no ex I was told there was an 18 month waiting list. This is from last June. And then suddenly, and I think it was in about End of January yeah. uh, this year, I got another letter a very official sort of, um, you know, the, the HRH on it, etc., saying I'd been invited to go and pick up my OBE at Windsor Castle wow. on the 22nd of Feb. Oh, so that was fantastic. a complete panic about what to wear. <laughs> Point. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> yes. Not to mention I had COVID at the time, which didn't help um, oh. the odd dress fitting. But anyway, yeah. uh, but it was a very special day. Yeah. Um So it was Windsor Castle, and you don't know which member of royalty is going to present. <gasps> and who was it? It was Prince William. I was oh, so lucky. Oh, lovely. I was so lucky. Yeah. But you have a, fa- I mean, you have a fabulous morning. Yeah. And, you know, you're drifting around the castle, and then you get briefed. I had to teach myself to curtsy. I didn't oh. have to, but yes. uh, yeah. I thought I'd better. Yeah. Um. And and it's lovely. And I probably chatted to Prince William for about. And everybody's done, not just me. Yeah. yeah. And I chatted to him about. Uh, leisure marine and boating for about three minutes maybe oh fantastic which is lovely and yes. um, he told me that his kids in, are learning to sail in norfolk oh for lovely example, that's and that, great you know uh, i mustn't call her kate but he, he said Catherine. but kate um Loves sailing, but he prefers swimming. For example, yes. Oh, there we go. Another one. Another one. At least it was water. Yeah. And I did, of course, invite him for the Southampton Boat Show. Yes, of
0: course, of course. Do come along, will you? Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> so it was very special. I'm really honoured and humbled, actually, because yeah. no expectation whatsoever. But mm.
0: how lovely for the industry as a whole. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it's because so, well, I, I do think sometimes we we the marine industry despite its massive contribution to Mm. economic and, um, you know, uh, jobs out there, sometimes people forget about us a little bit. Yes, so, I mean we yeah. we
1: have there is a bigger umbrella in the organisation in the UK trade organisation called Maritime UK, yeah. which represents the ports and the container ships and so forth.
0: Yeah, and you know our
1: industry here is about four billion, yes. and I think that's forty billion total. So you know, yes, in a way. Yeah. So, but it's important that our voice is heard because we are a bit different. We are recreational; that's different needs. Yes, and we are very important to to UK jobs. People sometimes yeah. look at the high end, like London luxury and floats, and say. Well, isn't that just for rich people? Yes. Well, in a way, yes, it is. However, boating is certainly not. But also, you know, our, we support about 40,000 jobs in the UK, which yes. is hugely important off the back of those sales.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah and they're yeah. all family. A lot of those are family businesses, are Yes, they are. That's interesting. Mm. So what are your goals to uh, achieve now? So your role.
1: I think several fold. Mm-hmm. Um I, what, now that we have, and who knew it would take a pandemic, more people in boating. I know, isn't yes, exciting?
0: In one way, yes.
1: God, nobody would ever wish a pandemic on anyway. No, 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 I, no. Because a lot of people. It's have one of the goals I think, think is to help those people who have shown an interest in boating or water sports. I mean, I'm, you know, or water generally. Yes. To help retain them in the industry, yes. I think is really key. That's one. Second one is certainly from a, more from a sort of a B2B and the industry as a whole. Um, to have more me's more you's at a younger age coming through the ranks and being women in key teams as they are but developing that further and the more we can do in terms of I don't know if it's role modeling or whatever mentoring and so forth uh, my goal is I want why wouldn't it be 50 50 yeah yeah and that's another one of my goals
0: Yeah, yeah that's fantastic well it has been lovely talking to you today Leslie I really appreciate your time in doing so I just wanted to touch on, before we go, Mm -hmm. you hold some other very good board positions that are really making a difference in the world. Can you tell us about those? Uh, Well, I'm a couple at the minute. So um, I am
1: vice chair of something called the Cherie Blair Foundation for Women, Mm -hmm. um, which I've done. I'm actually about to stand down, sadly, because quite rightly under Charities' Commission, you can only do so long, Yes, and I'm actually coming to the end of my term, Um, and that's about uh, making a difference in the developing world. Um, in terms of empower it is genuinely empowering women um, in all sorts of geographies uh, and we use technology to do it Um, we have all sorts of at the moment we've got live um, operations in Vietnam Indonesia various parts of Africa which is about because uh, and this is really true if you empower the women in the community things happen. Yes. Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> I would observe. Yeah. And we have, empiric- you know, real data, yeah. real learnings that, that prove that. And so I thoroughly enjoyed doing that. And I got involved because I used to work in sub-Saharan Africa uh, and they were looking for a treasurer uh, and so forth. And I just thought it was something I can contribute to and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. And the other one I'm doing at the moment is a tour, tour ship. Uh, that, um, so it's called Ocean Youth Trust South, based down here on the South Coast. And we take... Um, uh, around 12 kids out kids being between sort of and they're not kids 16 to 25-ish yep. um, out in terms of uh, learning to sail yes. on, on on this uh, beautiful tour ship um, and it's around taking kids out of their comfort zone Yeah, um, and we take all sorts of groups with different challenges out
0: and it is so rewarding to yeah. see the the change and the inspiration that you can bring around that way as well yeah because, um, yeah, getting out on the water and that whole health, oh, yeah. that, that mental. Well, some of the, you yeah. know, you can imagine some people from the
1: inner cities have never actually ever been out on the water, yes. for example. Yeah. And take them out to a different environment, which is quite, you know, it's quite something for somebody to do that. Absolutely. And then work as a team, whether it's putting up sails or whatever else it might be doing. Yeah. They find it immensely rewarding. And,
0: and that's key for me as well. Yeah. So that could be a life changing moment oh, for one uh, of those yes. kids right there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Leslie. I really appreciate you talking to us. It's been lovely to have you on the Boat Princess podcast. Um, I'm looking forward to um, hopefully getting to Southampton Boat Show one day. Well, please do. Please yeah. come and be our guest. i would like delighted. And thank you so yeah. much for talking to me. It's been
1: a pleasure. Thank you. Pleasure. Thanks, Leslie.
0: So it was lovely to catch up with Leslie from british marine and discuss all things british marine and southampton boat show Um, for those of you that don't know there is an equivalent to british marine here in australia which is the boating industry association otherwise known as as all things are these days as acronyms as the bia now the bia Is actually really important to our industry. I kind of refer to them as like air. Air is always there for you to breathe. If it's not there you really notice it quickly and it's really bad. The same goes for the BIA. The BIA does an awful lot more than people probably recognize. They do organise boat shows, but they do an awful lot more for the industry. Things like um, during COVID, they are the ones that are fighting the fight to keep marinas open, and they did keep marinas open during that time to allow us all to be able still. To be working, whereas other businesses, lots of other businesses, got de- closed down completely under the um, the health laws. So it's um, it's really important that we have that body that is representing our industry to government, both state and federal, to just to point out to government um, the things that could happen if they did certain things um, how it would affect our industry Um, because that's that's very important for government to understand they potentially do not understand the um, the effect of their legislation um, and how it can come you know be a really bad influence upon boating itself um, and we lose the freedom to go boating with too much legislation. So the BIA is very important for that. Um, there are, there, there's a, a volunteer board that runs the BIA and then there are staff that work for the BIA. And those volunteer directors do an awful lot that uh, people may or may not recognise just how much they do. I want to make it very clear that the BIA and the MIA are very different associations. The MIA is much more involved in training and accreditation. Um, their role is, is not to um, advocate for the boating industry. So if you're considering between uh, membership between the two, you potentially probably actually need both. Don't just rely on one. Um, you... They have different roles. They have different uh, meanings, different reasons for being. So um, any of our industry out there that aren't quite sure about that, um, that's a little clarity for you. So I hope you have an amazing weekend, everybody. I am getting prepped for um, an incredible event happening at our Marina Marmong Point Marina. We've got the fast and loud um festival happening up there which is the great super boats and we are the pits for those super boats so that's really really exciting I'm so looking forward to that Um, and then after that we've got Sanctuary Cove Boat Show of course which is going to be so much fun Um, we're doing a private tour on the Sunday morning for ladies who would like to join me seeing four different models of vessels that includes Maritimo and Princess and Alaska. And, of course, we're doing um, Horizon. That's the one, Horizon as well, because all of those boats are based at Sanctuary Cove. So I'll be going through those boats with a maximum of 12 ladies on a very special ticket that Sanctuary Cove Boat Show will be offering, including a day in the VIP... P lounge afterwards also and that tour we'll be looking through the boats and really discovering what features those particular boats have we'll be doing it before the show opens so that's a very exclusive opportunity to do that and we'll be on the boats just you me um, 12 girls um, going through the boats so that you can ask me as many questions as you like without feeling I guess nervous or afraid to do so Um, I will answer every question I possibly can and if I don't know the answer I'll simply find it out for you that day Uh, but the the concept is that you can understand the boats a little more in a very private space and also know what to look for when you go around looking the rest of the boats and also understand what features you need to look for, what boats do include certain features, which boats don't, all that sort of thing, um, so that you've got a little bit of knowledge under your belt so that brokers who are selling the boats will take you a little bit more seriously too, I think, which will be awesome. So as you know, that is my entire purpose, is to get more women into boating get women to feel more confident about boating about buying their own boat about helming their own boat and i think we will therefore give the boating industry a little nudge into the fact that women are now buying their own boats and have been for a while but you really need to uh, (laughs) to take some notice of it now okay guys it's been lovely chatting with you have an amazing weekend and i'll see you soon So thank you everyone for your support of the Boat Princess podcast. It's really getting out there and I'm getting some amazing comments and DMs in the back of Instagram. I'd love it if you could review the podcast. Um, The more reviews, obviously, we receive, the more people get to hear the podcast. And I think the stories that we're getting from the boating industry and from those who love their boating are really important to get out there, not only to help other boaters, but as of course, it is always my goal to get as many women into boating and confident about boating and potentially into the boating industry as well as possible. I'd like to thank my sponsors, Ross and Whitcroft and Quality Marine Clothing for their absolutely brilliant support. They have been quite incredible. And if you're looking for uh, uniforms for your marina or uniforms for your super yacht or anything in that uh, beautiful sailing clothing uh, boating clothing space then of course quality marine clothing and ross and Whitcroft are the place to go thanks everyone you take care please keep sending me all those messages and leaving those comments on instagram i really do read everyone and i love them and it really makes a difference to my day so i'll see you on the water soon